are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Book of Ezekiel again, chapter number 14. And if you're glad to be saved tonight, say amen. amen. I would like to give a shout out to my mother who is in North Carolina, setting up late at night, watching your live streaming. And I want to do this for years. Football players do it. I want to do it. Hello, Mom. <laughs> and uh, she'll be shouting it out here in a minute, praying for her son. And uh, I'm glad to be here. I love you, Pastor. And uh, thank you for the invitation to come. And glad to be backed up tonight by the Sanhedrin Court. Man, this is awesome. I feel so secure. And uh, I'm excited about being with you tonight at the schools tomorrow and again. And the Lord is good. If you're saved, raise your right hand. If you know it, raise your left hand. If you don't know your right from your left, just say praise the Lord. Amen. Golden State College, amen. Praise God. The book of Ezekiel tonight again, verse 14, and again in verse number 20. Ezekiel 14, 14, say this with me now. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they should deliver but their own souls, how? By their righteousness. And for double emphasis, he says it again in verse number 20, say it with me, though Noah, Daniel and Job were in it. As I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter, they shall deliver but their own souls, it with me now, by their righteousness. And we're interested in these three men that lived a righteous life in the midst of an unrighteous world. As I said this morning, a moral, a political, yes, even a religious darkness had fallen upon the land. And because of their apostasy and rebellion, the judgment of God was gonna fall upon the people in Ezekiel's day. It is a dark background in which he paints. But aren't you glad tonight in the midst of all of the rebellion, the sin and the ungodliness, we can live a righteous life in an unrighteous world. In a dark world, we can be the light. In a deceived world, we know the truth. And in a world that is going to hell by the millions, I'm glad we can live a righteous life in the midst of an unrighteous world. These three men, even though they were different, from different time zones, different dispensations, they had some things in common. Remember, number one, they lived for God in a difficult time. Number two, they possessed the attribute of righteousness. And number three, they experienced divine deliverance. Not only from their present circumstances, 
but from a judgment of God that was gonna fall on that land. And he is telling us tonight that if Noah and Daniel and Job could live for God, I'm glad in the society we can live for God. Because Noah's God was Daniel's God, and Daniel's God was Job's God, and their God is our God. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I said this morning that Noah is a picture of a Christian in a Christless world. And Daniel is a picture of a Christian in a compromising world. And Job is a picture of a Christian in a chaotic world. But yet in a world that is Christless. Yea, in a world that is filled with compromise. Yea, in a world that is filled with chaos, I'm glad the God of the mountain mm, is still God in the valley. We look this morning at Brother Noah, a man that did a work for God in a Christless world. I want to come tonight to the second man in our text, and I want you to turn with me tonight to Daniel chapter number one. And not only do we see that Noah is a man that did a work for God in a Christless world, I want us to see for a few moments tonight how Daniel was a witness for God in a compromising world. In a world of compromise, Daniel was a light and a faithful witness to God and for God. Let's read about it in our text tonight, Daniel 1 and verse number eight. I love the way it begins. You ready? Daniel 1 verse eight, but Daniel. What others did, he could not help. What decision others made, he could not help. What directions others went, he could not help. But Daniel, but Daniel, but Daniel, may God's people draw the line tonight and say by the help and the grace and the mercy of God, I will not compromise in this compromising world. But Daniel, boy, I'm hung up right there. But Daniel, what others do, you can't help. What other direction your friends may take, you can't help. What direction other spiritual leaders may take, you can't help. But Daniel, but Daniel, I feel like preaching tonight. But Daniel, Lord, I'm hung up right there. If others don't want revival, you can have revival. If others don't want to do right, you can do right. If everybody in your world folds the flap and compromises, you stand for God. But Daniel, Mm, but Daniel purposed in his heart. You know why he purposed in his heart? Because that's the only heart he can purpose in. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself of the portion of the king's meat, nor the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he what? Might not defile himself. Now you say, Brother Joe, that's pretty good exhortation. 
But what happens to somebody that purposes they're gonna live for God? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked me that. Turn over to chapter number six and verse number 28. I've got written holler glory right here, glory right here. Here's what happens to a person who purposes in their heart they're gonna live for God. You ready? Daniel chapter six, verse number 28. Compare Daniel 1.8 to Daniel 6.28. Watch it now. First line. So this Daniel, what? Prospered. So this Daniel prospered. You know what happens to the purposing Christian? He will be the prospering Christian. The man or woman or boy or girl that makes up their mind and signs the contract, steps over the line and casts the vote and makes the purpose decision that they are going to serve God, they're not gonna be the loser. They're not gonna come out on the short end of the stick. They're not even just gonna survive to the very end. They're gonna thrive. They're going to prosper. Because if you'll do right by God, God will do right by you. Daniel is a witness for God in a world of compromise. And I believe we all know tonight that this is, oh boy, a compromising world in which we live. The winds of compromise have never blown against the church like they are blowing against the church in this day, in this hour in which we live. But I'm glad there are some Daniels left that will face the winds of compromise, that will endure the piercing arrows of criticism and say, not on my watch, not in my family, not in my home, not in my pulpit, we are going to stand and be a witness for God in a world of compromise. Let me give you some things about Daniel tonight and his witness for God. Number one, I want you to see Daniel's dilemma. Daniel's dilemma. Now notice where Daniel is when this text takes place. Before I give you that, let me tell you where Daniel is not at when this text takes place. He is not in Jerusalem. He is not under the shadow of the temple. He is not within arm's reach of the Shekinah glory of God. He is not under the watchful care of the prophets and the men of God in his hometown. You know where Daniel is in this text? He is on hell's front porch. He is a stranger and a slave in the land of Babylon, a land of no morals, a land of no standards, a land of no conviction, the very seat of apostasy and rebellion and immorality. You know what Daniel was in this text? He was a stranger in a strange land. Man, let me say that again. He was a stranger in a strange land. And I mean two full things by that. Number one, they were strange to Daniel. 
The way they lived was strange to Daniel. The way they dressed was strange to Daniel. The way they dressed was strange. The way they dressed was strange to Daniel. The way they went to their place of worship was strange to Daniel. Their music was strange to Daniel. Their philosophy was strange to Daniel. Everything about them was strange to him. And by the way, we too tonight are pilgrims and strangers in a strange world. And I know this ain't good English, but it's good preaching. And it's getting stranger every day. This strange world thinks I'm strange. This strange world thinks I'm crazy. You think the world is strange, Brother Joe? Well, if you don't even know what bathroom to go to, you're strange. I told the men at our church, if I catch you men in that women's bathroom, we're gonna need some more handicapped restrooms at our church. Brother, we're living in a strange world. They were strange to Daniel. But on the other side of that coin, Daniel was strange to them. Can I say that again? They were not only strange to Daniel, Daniel was strange to them. He had never seen nobody like them and they had never seen nobody like him. The way he lived was strange to them. The way he thought was strange to them. The way he dressed was strange to them. The way he dressed was strange to them. The way he dressed was strange to them. Uh, the way he prayed was strange to them. The way he worshiped God was strange to them. His philosophy of life was strange to them. And when he saw how strange they were, he was glad that he was strange to them. May I just clear me off a piece of real estate and say, I know the world is strange and they think I'm strange. And when I see how strange they are, I'm glad they think I'm strange because this world is not our home. Our citizenship is in another country. Our name is written on high and we're just pilgrims and strangers passing through and I beg you tonight in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the sweet Holy Spirit don't drive your stakes too deep in this whole world. We're not going to be here long. We're just passing through and some glad morning when the trumpet sounds, we're getting out of this strange world mm, in which we live. I love what Vance Havner said. He said, the reason why a lot of churches and Christians are not having revival, we've got too many people that are citizens of this world and strangers to the next world. Instead of being strangers to this world and citizens to the next world, he is not in the land of his nativity. He is not in the land of his birth. He is not in the land of his citizenship. He is in a foreign place. 
Everything about it is strange, and he is strange to them. But aren't you glad, not in Jerusalem, not on the front steps of the temple, not in shadow of the glory of God, but on hell's front porch in a wicked, diabolical, dark, apostate world, he stood up and said, I believe in God, and I'm going with God, and I'm gonna be a witness for God. Listen to Brother Joe tonight. I know sin's bad. I know it's at an all-time high. I know this world is dark and getting more dark by the day, but what a wonderful time to be a Christian and stand for God and be a witness for God in the midst of a strange society. And notice how the winds, and here's where I want to drop my plow a little bit. Notice how the winds of compromise are blowing against Daniel in that strange land. You know what they said, three things. Number one, Daniel, we're gonna change your identity. Daniel, we're going to change your identity. We don't want anything that will remind you or remind us of your God, of your worship, of your law. We have got to change your identity. Can I help myself right here? I believe in fundamentalism. We're having an identity crisis. We are having an identity crisis. And let me say this tonight. Them old timers that blazed a trail and built some altars and dug a well that influenced your life and influenced my life, they were either all wrong and all messed up or somebody has gone wrong in this society. I believe the latter may be the truth. I wanna say this, there's nothing wrong with the terms that we've been brought up to use. There's nothing wrong with the terms that we've been brought up to use. There are nothing wrong with the terms we've been brought up to use. Bless God, we're not connecting tonight. We're having church. What's wrong with the word Bible? What's wrong with the word Jesus? What's wrong with the word revival? What's wrong with the word Holy Ghost? What's wrong with the word pastor? What's wrong with the word preacher? What's wrong with the word soul winning? What's wrong with the word soul winning? What's wrong with the word soul winning? What's wrong with Sunday school? What's wrong with Sunday night? What's wrong with prayer meeting? What's wrong with shouting and praising God? I beg you young people, don't you let this compromising world steal your identity. I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know and God is still true and the Bible's still true and the Holy Ghost is still in business. Salvation still by the blood of Christ. Jesus is still coming. Hell is moving. Heaven is still real and I'll take the old highway. They're not having my identity. Excuse me. Woo! They said, we gotta get your identity. Number two, boy, the winds of compromise are blowing. They said, we've gotta alter your lifestyle. Daniel, we've gotta, oh, I've heard this. We've got to reprogram you. You see, Daniel, the way you were raised, it's not in vogue down here. The way you were brought up, that's not how we do it here. Uh, This is not Jerusalem. This is Babylon. 
and uh, the way you were raised and the way you were brought up to do, that's not gonna work here. So to assimilate you into us and make you like us, so there will be no difference between you and us. We have got to reprogram you, Daniel. So here's what we got to do. Now that stuff your mom and daddy told you to eat and that stuff your forefathers told you to eat, you can't eat that down here. That don't fit our diet. You, You gotta eat our stuff. Uh, you got to do it our way. Uh, now, Daniel, even though it's been sacrificed to idols, uh, even though it's contaminated, yeah. uh, even though it's proven it'll yeah. kill you, yeah. and even though it's been sacrificed to idol gods, uh, that's just the way we do it. So, Daniel, you got to get off of that stuff you were raised on, and you got to get hooked up now on this new stuff because the new stuff is better than the old stuff. And old Daniel said, not today, not tomorrow, nor in this world, nor the world to come. Well, Mr. Daniel, don't you know you in Babylon? And Daniel said, yep, I well know that I'm not in Babylon and I know I'm far from home, but home's not far from me. I may be far from the temple but the temple's not far from me. I may be a long way from the Shekinah glory of God, but it's not far away from me because it's more than a lifestyle. It's more than a preference. Oh, I wish I'd have never heard that word. It's more than a preference. It is a conviction. It is down in his soul. It is in his heart. I will not turn my back on the way I was raised. I will not assimilate a new way. I'm gonna stay with what's brought me to this place. Daniel said, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's have us a contest. You eat all that old stuff that you've been brought up and you stay with that old stuff that you've been told all your life works and then we'll get our other buddies and they'll eat the new stuff They'll assimilate the new stuff, even though it's been sacrificed to heathen and idol gods. That's what's in vogue. And so they'll eat that stuff. Daniel said, let's do it. Give us a couple of days and come back and just look on our countenance. Oh, they came back and they looked at that crowd that had eaten the new stuff. They looked at that crowd that had been eating, I'm sorry, eating the new stuff. They looked at that crowd that had been duped. They looked at that crowd that had been deceived. They looked at that crowd that had been reprogrammed and talked in to the new stuff. And and here's country, they look peaked. They looked like they needed worming and dipping. They looked like they had the mange. They looked all sick. And may I say to every young person in this room tonight, if you go the new route and assimilate the new stuff and you let apostasy and sin rule and reign in your life, one day somebody can take one look at you and tell whether sin and apostasy has had dominion in your life or not. But then they came to Daniel and his three cousins. They wasn't picked. They didn't have the mange. They didn't even have indigestion. Lord God, their faces shine. They had a 
glow about them. I want to say it like this. They had God on them. They had the anointing on them. They were in much better shape. And when the last shot was fired and the smoke is cleared, I can hear Daniel say, I'm glad I didn't give in. I'm glad I didn't compromise. I'm glad I stayed with what I was raised on. Let me interpret my sermon. I know we're living in a world of compromise and the winds of compromise are blowing on the fundamental church like never before and they're trying to assimilate me and they're trying to reprogram me and they're trying to make me weak so I can be like them and they've telling me, oh Joe, that stuff you were raised on, it's not good anymore. That music you were raised on, it's not good anymore. Them dress standards you were raised with are not good anymore. That old King James Bible you were raised with, it's not good anymore. Hey, read my lips, not today and not tomorrow and not in this world or the world to come. I'm gonna stay with amazing grace. I'm gonna stay with John 3, 16. I'm gonna stay with living right, walking right, dressing right and spitting wide. I'm gonna stay to the old path. Too near home to turn back now. Can I drop my plow and preach right here? Too near home to turn back now. You don't have to compromise. You don't have to give in. He never changes. And God help us be a witness in the midst of a world of compromise. Oh, but it's more than his identity. It's more than his lifestyle. Number three, let me tell you what they really wanted. His allegiance and devotion to God. Mrs. Arthur is not a preacher although I have sat under her preaching many times. (laughs) Mrs. Arthur made this bold statement to me the other day. She's about as fed up with this compromising society as I am. And I'm tired of religious leaders putting their hooks in the minds of our young preachers. And I wanna beg every one of you boys, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the sweet Holy Ghost, don't swallow the bait Don't take the lure. Don't believe the lie. You stay with God, son, and God will stay with you. Get off somewhere and get full of God and get it down in your heart and get the power of God on your life and you'll be glad. If you'll stay with it, it'll stay with you. Mm. Mrs. Arthur made this statement profound. She said, baby, If it doesn't matter what church we go to, if it doesn't matter what Bible we read, if it doesn't matter what system of doctrines we embrace, if if it does not matter what we sing and how we dress and how we live, she said sooner or later it'll come down to whatever God you want. And if it ever comes down to whatever God you want, it'll lead to the last step, no God at all. Oh, Brother Joe, it's not gonna get that bad. We're just about there right now. I said, we're just about there right now. 
We already are politically in this country. We already are in the government in this country. And I'm telling you, if God doesn't send revival to our fundamental churches, we're gonna do more, Brother Jack. We're gonna do more. We're gonna do more than compromise our dress. We're gonna do more than compromise our identity. We're gonna do more than chunk our King James Bible. We'll deny God altogether. And I mean to tell you, old Daniel said, you're not getting my identity. You're not changing my lifestyle, but most of all, you're not gonna take my allegiance from God. I walked into Babylon holding God's unchanging hand. I'll survive Babylon holding God's unchanging hand. And when they write my name, whoop, in the hall of fame of faith, I'll still be holding God's unchanging hand. Can I pitch another fit right here? You can't have my Bible, you can't have my music, you can't have my way of life, and you can't take my allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd rather be an old time Christian and saved by the grace of God than anything I know. Don't turn your back on God. And they think <laughs> Daniel is strange. And Daniel <laughs> is looking at them thinking, and they say I'm crazy while they're praying to a piece of wood. They're praying to a dead rock. They're praying to a molten image engraved by the hand of a depraved, sinful man. While Daniel's looking like, that's strange. They're praying to a God that has no eyes. They're praying to a God that has no ears. They're praying to a God that can't think and can't move and can't hear and can't love. And old Daniel said, I'd be a fool. Woo, to trade my God that is alive. And my God that is holy. <laughs> Boy, I'm having me a time today. And my God who is faithful. Brother Mays Jackson several years ago was preaching on the singing at sea. And this lady come up to him and said, I'm from another religion. I just came with a friend of mine. And she told him what religion she was in and she said, I've got a little God about this tall and I carry him in my pocketbook. Of course, if she's like most women, she couldn't have found him in there in the time of need. But she said, sometimes I put him on a chain around my neck. But she said, every night before I go to bed, I put him on the foot of my bed and I bow down to my little God. Brother Mays that week every morning preached on Jesus. He preached on the hands of Jesus. He preached on the eyes of Jesus. He preached on the lips of Jesus. He preached on the words of Jesus. He preached on the life of Jesus. He preached on the blood of Jesus. And on Saturday morning when they docked, this little lady came up to him in broken English and said, Brother Mays, I told you on Monday that I had a little God that I prayed to every night before I went to bed. She said, but last night I noticed something. After hearing you preach every morning on your Jesus, your God, having eyes to see and ears to hear and hands to help and lips to speak and a heart to love, when I got down last night to pray to my little God, Brother Mays, I noticed 
His eyes never twinkled. His lips never quivered. He never moved one of his fingers. I just came to the conclusion that he was just a dead piece of wood. And she said, you know what I did? I went on the top deck and I ripped him off of my neck and I flung him into the Atlantic Ocean. And I flung him into the Atlantic Ocean. And I flung him into the Atlantic Ocean. Found out he couldn't walk on water either. And she said, I went to my cabin and I called on your Savior that's got eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to love and a mouth to speak and hands to save. Why in the world, church, would we give up the real God, a holy God, a sovereign God, a faithful God, an omnipotent God, a mighty God, a faithful God, an eternal God, for a dead God you can have have your dead God. I'll stay with the living God and the true God and the faithful God. Let's stand up in a world of compromise and be a witness for God. Woo! Daniel's dilemma. But I got to hear tonight Daniel's decision. What did he decide to do between his purposing and his prospering, what did Daniel do? Number one, I read it to you, chapter one and verse eight. He purposed, he purposed. Let me say it like this, young people. He made a conscious choice that he would not defile himself. Pastor Tree, where no one, no one has ever lived holy, dedicated, consecrated, separated life by accident. People that have lived a life that pleases God have made a conscience choice to do so. Daniel didn't lick his finger and stick it up in the air and feel which way the wind was blowing and conveniently alter himself. No, on hell's front porch, in a world of compromise, he stepped across the line, he cast his vote, and he purposed in his heart, what others do, I cannot help, but I am going to live for God. I wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight, in this world of compromise, you're a willing, you're a willing to raise your hand and say, that's for my house, and my home, and my life, I live for God. I'm going with God. I'm gonna stay with God. Let's purpose in our heart. Let's make a decision. We're gonna go with God in spite of the world and the flesh and the devil. He purposed. Well, I remember that night in the seat of that Chevrolet pickup truck. Chevrolet pickup truck. I don't even know if I could have got right with God in a Dodge, but... I did in the front seat of a Chevrolet pickup truck, a Silverado with them big old tires, and it jacked up, and your girlfriend had to get a ladder to get up in it. But it wasn't like Alabama. There wasn't tobacco juice on both sides of the truck. And boy, that night I'd heard my daddy preach in a revival. And daddy preached on that night, I surrender all. Daddy said that night God doesn't want your best. He wants your all. He wants your worst and your best. 
And boy, God had been kicking around in my soul. And I got as far as I could. A little town called Oxford, North Carolina. You may not know this about Brother Arthur, but I've been to Oxford. Oxford, North Carolina, where Highway 158 crosses Interstate 85. And boy, right there at that exit, I had gone as far as I could go. And as a 17-year-old boy, I bowed my head right on that Chevrolet emblem, got it marred right there. And I said, Lord, from this night forward, I wanna be yours. I wanna live for you. God, I wanna live for you. I want you to bless me. I want you to help me. I want you to take me. I want you to anoint me. I want you to use me. And I better tell you that night, praise God, the birds begin to sing and the flags begin to wave because I had broken down that wall of resistance and done like Daniel, crossed the line and signed the contract and purposed in my heart. I wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight willing to say, Lord, in the midst of a world of compromise, what direction, what others may do, I cannot control, but I'm gonna do what's right. I'm gonna live for God. And can I say to it pays the purpose in your heart. You're gonna live for Jesus Christ. He purposed. I love this number two. He proclaimed. He proclaimed. You remember when the king had his party? Boy, they were having what we call down south a shenanigan. And I mean some, they brought out the liquor and the wine and the women. They were having, they thought, the time of their life. But Pastor Treber, old Neb, Belshazzar, that bunch made a terrible mistake. They went over there and got them holy vessels of God that had been dedicated to the holy things of God and they poured that rot gut liquor. They poured that rot gut liquor. They poured that rot gut liquor in the vessels that were sanctified and holy to God. And can I say this tonight? When somebody takes sacred things and makes them common things, that does not set well with the holy righteous God of heaven. And all of a sudden in the midst of their shenanigan, there came a writing on the wall. And the king said, I don't know what it means. And the think tanks of that day didn't know what it meant. The backslidden prophets of that day did not know what it meant. And finally somebody said, if there's one man in this kingdom that'll know what's going on, it'll be that strange fella by the name of Daniel. And they went and got Daniel, marched Daniel out there and said, Daniel, do you recognize that? And I believe Daniel said, why sure, I'd recognize that anywhere. That's my father's handwriting because it was the same hand that wrote on the stone walls the commandments. It was gonna be that same hand that wrote in the sand, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. And it was that same hand that wrote, amen, that, amen, that wrote our name in the Lamb's book of life. Oh yeah. Hey man, it was that same hand. And Daniel said, I know that handwriting. That's my father's handwriting. And somebody said, well, Daniel, tell us, tell us, tell us, Daniel, what it said. 
Boy, if Daniel would have been a modern day preacher, mama called, papa said, he'd have said, well, whatever you want it to be, or whatever you want it to say, let me share. Can I run another rabbit? He walked out there and said, yep, I know what it says. And King, many, many took of you for sin. Thou art weighed in the balance and found wanting. Uh, let me tell you what it really means. Bub, you're finished. You're done. He faithfully proclaimed the word of God. Boy, aren't you glad down through these years there's been a pastor here that could not be bought, that could not be pressured, that could not be assimilated, that could not be remade and redefined, but he's faithfully stood here and didn't share, but proclaimed and preached the word of the living God. Lord, can I preach to these young men in this Bible college just a moment? Get out of here and take your Bible and rare bag and proclaim the word of God. Preach it like it is to men as they are and be true and be faithful to your calling. Daniel didn't lighten up. Daniel didn't water it down. Daniel didn't compromise. He just reared back and preached. And God give us some preachers in this day and that will not compromise with their purpose and they'll proclaim and stay true to the word of the living God. He purposed, he proclaimed, but I like this, he prayed. How did he survive the Babylon experience? He prayed his way through and he prayed his way out. Boy, they said, we gotta find out some dirt on Daniel. Let's snoop around and see if we can find out some dirt on Daniel. Boy, they came back and said, here's the scoop. He prays too much. That's the worst thing they could say about him. Wouldn't that be awesome? That if the worst thing the world could say about us is that we pray too much. So they finagled it around and passed some laws and got some politicians drunk and petted their pockets and made it politically incorrect for Daniel to pray to his God. But I'm telling that crowd, you're going against the wrong one. This guy has purposed and boy, they came to Daniel and said, son, have you heard the new rules? Have you heard the new laws? You can't pray to your God. You can't pray to your God anymore. That is totally gone from here. What are you gonna do now? And Daniel says, watch. He said, I've been going in my closet and shutting the door, but today I'm gonna leave it open. I want them to see me. And I've just been praying in my closet, but today I'm gonna throw the window up and I want them to hear me. And I'm gonna pray towards the temple. I'm gonna pray towards the holy hill of God. And I'm gonna do it morning, I'm gonna do it at noon, and I'm gonna do it at night. 
And right there on hell's front porch in a world of compromise, Daniel, with the door open, is still trusting and calling on God. And you know what Daniel found out? Even in the land of Babylon, even in the land of sin, that God still answers prayer and blesses his people. Brother, it's time to pray. And aren't you glad in a compromising world, God still answers prayer. His dilemma, his decision, but last tonight I want you to see his deliverance. Daniel did right by God, and God did right by Daniel. They said, now Daniel, you know if you do this, you've gotta go to the lions. He did it anyway, and they put him down in the lion's den. Now I got a wild imagination Let me use it just a minute. I believe when he got down in that lion's den, them old hungry lions, they're salvatating, licking their lips. They think they're getting ready to gorge on a midnight snack. But all of a sudden, one of them said, oh, I'm nauseated. The other one said, I think I got vertigo. And the other one said. What's wrong with Fred the lion? He got like jaw. Woo! And they just pranced around and looked at him. I got a wild imagination. Let me use it. I believe them old lions laid down. I believe Daniel used one for a pillow. He used one for a footstool. He used one on an armrest on each side. And they just lick him and go, I love you, Daniel. <laughs> Woo! I like what Vance Havner said. He said the reason why those lions wouldn't eat Daniel there wasn't anything to him but gristle and backbone. Oh, it is not an analogy that Simon Peter said our adversary is like what? A roaring lion seeking whom he made a vow. But aren't you glad the God we purpose and the God we pray to and the God we proclaim and the God we praise is the God that will deliver us out of the power of hell and the world and the flesh and the devil. There's victory in Jesus. God will not abandon you. God will not forsake you. God will deliver us out of the mouth of a lion. Stand for God in a world of compromise. You seem to really enjoy my little verse this morning about Noah. So let me sing you my little verse tonight about Daniel. Well, old Daniel lived in Babylon long ago and he had the grace to tell the devil no. Though he prayed three times a day in the good old-fashioned way, they said he to the lion's den must go. But the lions made him welcome to their home cause they knew that he was nothing but backbone. And when the king looked in and said, are you alive, are you dead? He was stirred as Daniel spoke in gentle tone. Well, I'd... Rather be on the inside looking out 
than to be upon the outside looking in. As you paced the palace floor, I had not to do but snore, for the Lord put a lock on each lion's chin. That old Daniel from the inside looking out, don't you think he felt good enough to shout? And he said, long live the king, and he started in to sing. I'm so glad I'm on the inside looking out, amen. Aren't you glad tonight the church, we're not on the outside looking in, we're on the inside looking up and Jesus is about to come and it pays to serve God in this world and in the world to come. Let's make up our mind tonight. We're gonna stand and be a witness for God in the midst of a world of compromise. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the truth of it, the power of it, the blessing of it. And God help us tonight to be like Daniel and decide, determine, and purpose to follow you. Walk to your beat. Sing your song. Live by your word. And Lord, in a world of compromise, help us to have the withstanding faith of Daniel. And sanctify the word of God in our heart tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.